Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hello, Jade. Hello, Sophie. And hello to our beautiful, lucky listeners that get to listen to us twice this week. You are so lucky, everybody. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome back to our voices. Welcome back. Two hours of us talking shit and yo, it's. No, this week's bonus episode is a little bit of a different one. It's not necessarily parenting related, but I feel like the things we talked about can then get taken and adapted to parenthood and life in general. We chatted to astrologer Christy Gray, who went through our and our husband's natal charts and told us all about what the star signs and our sun and our moon and everything says about us as people and our current state and our future. And yeah. The stars are aligning people. So get on board and have a listen. We hope, we hope you, enjoy. you enjoy. Hello, Christy. Welcome to the podcast. Look, we're excited to have you here. We're nervous. There's nervous energy here. This is something that neither of us have ever done before. But can you tell our beautiful listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do, and what we're going to dive into today? Yeah. So, hello, everybody. And I am an astrologer and I am super passionate about helping people to step into their most powerful selves. And I wasn't always an astrologer. I've only been an astrologer for the last three years, but I spent 10 years in learning and development in the corporate industry. So like adult education, I always drop this one because everyone loves it. I used to work for Sephora and their training team for Australia. And so human behavior was something I was like super obsessed with. And I went on a bit of a spiritual quest and I found astrology. And I think that's what I love so much is it gives you this incredible multi-dimensional approach of understanding yourself. But it's not just about understanding yourself. Like you get to understand your kids, you get to understand your partner and all these multifaceted parts of who you are. And like, this still sound really cliche, but I think the most important relationship you have is the one you have with yourself. And I feel really inspired and blessed to be able to do this work because I get to help people to rediscover themselves as well. I am so excited to be chatting with you today because as I said to you before we started recording, I have always been a little bit of a skeptic on, you know, star signs and things like that until I actually had children myself and then actually sitting there and understanding people's star signs and when they were born, it is absolutely incredible what you can find out about yourself and your family with just the star signs. Oh, 
Totally. Like, and that's the easiest place to start. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because I was also skeptical too. Like I actually resisted, like everybody was like booking in for my astrology services over the last couple of years. And it wasn't really until this year that I really stepped into it. And it was because I was like, this is a pseudoscience. Like, how can this be real? Like everything I love is steeped in psychology, but it's like, I can't discount the fact that whether it's your star sign or even just understanding your moon placement or like how you show up in relationships. Like I've just worked with way too many people now to go like, there's something in this. Mm. And I think that's the really cool part. Yeah, I'm so excited. I've never done anything to do with astrology. I've never seen a psychic. I've never done any of these things. And I think it's easy to poo-poo and go, oh, I don't do it because I don't believe in it. But I think it's actually sometimes because it's like, it's scary and confronting to find out what you're going to see. I think one criticism that star signs and astrology gets is it's like, oh yeah, but you can use broad brush stroke statements that like are easy to put people in. And like, obviously two people that are born on the same day can be so vastly different to one another. What do you have to say to people like maybe like myself? And I agree prior to having kids, I think I was more of a skeptic than I am now. Like, what do you have to say for that? Yeah. Oh, such a great question as well. Like I'm not here to change anybody's mind or like preach. <laughs> <'Cause that's- laughs> worst thing ever like if, if if somebody doesn't believe in it I'm totally cool with that but for that person that is going to challenge me I love to be able to drop these little breadcrumbs for them and just find out a little bit more about why they might be skeptical yeah. as well and normally like when I ask the question it's because somebody's had a bad experience like they might have seen a psychic who's given them this mm. information that they've wanted to then create the self-fulfilling prophecy in their life or somebody might have shared something with them whether it's an astrologer or reading their star sign where it's being like innately negative Mm. and that's kind of why I don't like using like I use astrology as a really powerful positive tool because like I can see what you're here to do like what your soul's blueprint is Mm. but I'm not going to tell you like everything at once because you'd freak the fuck out like imagine if somebody was like oh my god like this is your greatest challenge in life and all these things and that's just that's not empowering no nothing worse than when you tell someone your star sign and they kind of like gasp and you're like oh fuck what does that mean (laughs) I couldn't help that that's when I was born (laughs) (laughs) well I just want to say to everyone that's listening you are going on this journey with us we have no idea idea what we are going to be told so we are excited oh well you know what I'm actually I love that we can kind of go on this journey together especially as a first time and I hope to make it empowering for you and just drop some of those breadcrumbs for you today as well and focus on some key areas too because I didn't just cast your charts like I literally just cast them before we jumped on a call but I also had a look at where you're at in your astrological season because the thing is your natal chart doesn't change it remains the same, but you have a progress chart and your progress chart's really great for an astrologer to understand like, like what's your forecasting? Like what's your horoscope? What's happening for you in the future? Like where you're at, because it moves like one degree for every year you're alive, but there's also current transits, like where the planets are in the sky right now. So I can also give you some insight as to where you're at and then what you can kind of expect in the future, because I think that's the coolest thing about astrology is there's a beginning, a middle and an end. And when you know what cycle you're in, gives you this, I suppose, acceptance, which is pretty cool. I love this. And do you think like when you go through before even meeting us or seeing us, when you get someone star sign, their date of birth and all their information, do you already know what sort of person they are just looking at, you know, all their bits, not their physical bits? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
That's in her other job. <laughs> she does Brazilian waxing on the side. So good. Love. Look, nine times out of 10, unless somebody's going through some intense challenges or there might be some mental health issues. Look, I can ha- have a look towards the stars, but I also am big on collaboration with astrology. Like I never want to assume something because sometimes too, we're like at different stages in our journey. We might not have mastered something yet. And if I come in and going, this is who you are, or this is what I'm seeing. Like, that's not cool. No. Well, let's get cracking. Who's going first? Jade, Sophie. Yeah, I'll go first. Amazing. That was Jade, by the way, everyone listening. Because you can't tell us apart (laughs) still. So good. So Jade, well, first up, so Libra, you are a Libra. Do you know much about that as an archetype? I know that it is all about balancing in life. And I can definitely admit that when I am off balance, I tend to fall apart. Yeah. Totally. I struggle. I also struggle with fairness as well. I have a big problem with fairness. Like things that aren't fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, I would imagine you're one that would fight for the underdog. Like you're somebody that would stand up for the people if needed because of the fact that fairness and justice is important to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's like a typical Libran trait as well. Like this is the beautiful thing. You can start to kind of cherry pick what feels good for you. You've got a lot of Libran energy in your chart though. Like you've got not just your son, which is your identity, so your son is like the CEO of who you are. It's what you're actually here to grow into. We don't come into the world as our sun sign, our star sign, thanks oh, to wow. culture. Yeah, which is really cool. So it's something we meant to really grow into and uh, I suppose lean into the positive vibration or expression of that sign. For you though, it's very strong because your son is in Libra, but it's in the first house. So the first house is the house of self. So it's all about self-expression, self-esteem and self-worth. So your sun placement is really strong, but also your, so they which is your love language, um, is also in Libra. You have um, your ascendant, which is like your filter. It's how you present to others, is also in Libra. Wow. And then is your that South normal Norwich. for people to be all in one? No, it's not normal. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Some people do have it. Some people don't. Like, this is the beautiful thing. There's an infinite amount of combinations in a natal chart. So you've just got a lot of Libra energy going on. Okay. (laughs) Should I be happy with that? Yeah. Own it. Like, own it. Like, own all the beautiful parts of Libra. Like, Libra, like, you have this magnetic presence. And so, and this is what I always think of Libra is like, you're great. Sophie's nodding. She agrees. Yeah. Like, you're social. I'd imagine you could just, like, you talk your way through anything. Yes. Yeah. Probably. I mean, she does do a podcast for a living. my my job totally and so what that allows you to do is like lean on that energy of Libra but then this is where you start to like build on your astrology story so you have moon and Aries so moon is how we come into this world it's like how we seek safety and security it's our emotional state so sun is masculine where it's represented the relationship you have with your father whereas moon is feminine moon is mum in astrology and so your moon and Aries so it's interesting because moon is a, a vulnerable planet but Aries is a first sign of the zodiac. Do you know much about Aries? I know my husband is an Aries and he is extremely strong and aren't they very powerful people? Yeah. It's like it's a, it's a first sign of the zodiac. So it's this cardinal fire sign. It's like I'm going to – he probably has like 10 million projects on the go. Like He's got long lists. Oh, He's a list man. <laughs> totally. What's really interesting with Aries, because I have Moon and Aries too, is Moon is all about vulnerability, but Aries actually doesn't like being vulnerable. It's like, I want to project confidence. Mm -hmm. And so what I find with your emotional state is you might like under stress, you'll seek out action and independence. Like you'll need to go and initiate something. Oh my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
and you have hidden depths to your emotions because like vulnerability it's like you you might like I would imagine like when you maybe first started like sharing your life online or even like with the podcast, there'll be things that you'll say and you'll be confident in the moment and then you'll get that vulnerability hangover and it's like, oh fuck, did I really like say that out loud? And it's just about working with that energy, not against it. Well, that's actually the story of my life, to be honest, isn't it? Well, that's like a nice way of saying fast and loose at the time. But then after we've recorded, I'll get a text message and she'll be like, oh, do you think we should ask Lara to maybe edit this part out? I said that without really thinking and I don't really think that that should be on the podcast. And look, most things like 99.9% of things she's happy to say, but then every now and again, you will, you'll be like, oh, that didn't come across. But some, someone said to me the other day, they said, thank you for being so open and just saying what you say or whatever comes off to your mind, you nutty motherfucker. And I said, oh, that was such a nice compliment to read until I read nutty motherfucker. And she's like, no, 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 no. I love people like that, that are just very, you know, they, they don't really think before they speak. They really are off the cusp. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll take that as a compliment. Gulp. What is it? It's like you have to almost, it's like building an internal strength to you. Like the more you share, the more you'll draw people to you. But it's like you have to do it on your terms or your timeline yeah. because otherwise it's going to feel really awkward and uncomfortable, mm. you know, and you don't want to be feel like you're out of your depth as well um, because then what that happens is that will just like the Libra energy kicks in and then it will like lead to indecision and it will be like, oh, shit, okay, I'm not really sure about this. So you need to be kind of like standing in your ground and standing in your power. And um, what's really interesting though with your moon placement is it's placed in the seventh house, which is partnerships. And so the people in your life are really important to you. You need to be surrounded by your people because like that actually leads into your emotional state and feeling really good. And so I would imagine that people in your life are great anchors for you and it actually helps you to make amazing decisions, which is probably like how you can like lean on that Libra energy even more so than you currently do. I love mm. it. It's really good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also I'm more so into, you know, surrounding myself with people than being on my own. That is very much who I am. Oh, yeah. And then I do you need to go away though every now and then and just recoup on your own? Because I was going to say every time you're like having a particularly downtime, you disappear. Yeah, like I, I know retract. Jade is going through a bad week because I'll literally like not hear from her or she'll be short. And normally we speak intimately throughout the day, all day, every day. And I've said to her so many times, like, how can I help you? And she's like, no, when I feel like this, I have to be left alone. Which and is- then once you come over the hill, you're like people, 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 I need to be around people. To be honest, I'm still working out what it is. And I think it's almost like I give a lot to a lot of people that I love in my life. And then I burn myself out and I'm I'm still finding that balance of trying to fill up my own cup while I'm filling up others because I've always been one to make sure that, you know, my grandma's okay or my children are okay or anyone that I love is okay because I want them to be happy. But And they're what, probably the underdogs in your life, well, that's like right. Christy was saying before. Yeah. And what I've realised is becoming a mother of three I actually, for actual life strength and, and to, to be stable in life, I actually need to find parts of the day to really focus on myself, whether that is writing in a journal or 
just sitting down with myself. So it is, it's a really hard thing for me to do, really hard thing. And I think it's also really interesting what Christy said about your vulnerabilities. I think that from the outside, people think you are so open and vulnerable, which a lot of the time you are. But when you're in the thick of it, you're like, I can't talk about this right now. And even when you do share some of your experiences and you get a lot of, you know, people coming back, sharing their experiences, as much as it's incredible, like I have heard you at times, be like, I'm not in the state to Mm. be able to help this many people. And you do feel overwhelmed. Yeah. I burn out. I just burn out. And no one, not even my husband, no one can get in. It's actually just something I'm very close to my best friend. And like, I have had a huge period of my life in the past month that I've had bad anxiety and depression. And I haven't even been able to converse or speak to anyone. It's like I literally had a nervous breakdown and just shut off. Yeah, I just shut off completely. Mm. And, and that's, and that speaks volumes to an Aries moon is that you need that time and space to process and to take yourself out of the equation. But with this Libra and energy, it's so strong. And like in your chart, your sun and moon are opposing which actually speaks to an opposition in astrology, especially with your primary archetypes, which is your sun and your moon, which is massive. There's an opposition of energy. It's like a tug of war. Um, Sometimes this can speak to like at home when you were younger, like mum and dad might've had difference of opinions or you Mm -hmm. might battle internally with masculine versus feminine energy. And it's like, you almost need to reconcile with how do you, I suppose, create this internal equilibrium within yourself so you don't get to that place of burnout where you have to completely extract yourself from the world and feel like it's overwhelming. Absolutely. Definitely. So where's my answers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, great question. Well, the first insight I'd invite you to explore, I love that you mentioned that you're journaling. Like, so Libra is an ear sign. Ear signs are really cerebral. I would imagine if you don't get a handle on your thoughts, it just loops. Like you're just like, oh yeah, this old chest up. Like it's just mm. wild. And so, and, and, and being a mum too, like I couldn't only imagine you've only got small pockets of time throughout the day, but it would be really important to know what your bottom line is and to make sure that you're you're committing to yourself even if it's five minutes a day like I just need to like get my shit out onto paper journal or whatever that looks like so that I'm actually processing my thoughts and emotions so it doesn't get like bigger than being her essentially absolutely there's a book that I actually picked up from a bookstore last week and it's all about you writing a few things that you I guess, negative things you think about yourself. And then you've got to try and write down ways where you can overcome those thoughts. So it's actually a really beautiful way to try and you you see see it on paper. Like, you know, I have a problem with relaxing. If I'm not productive, then I feel guilty for that. And so what are the ways that you can overcome that? Well, things that make me happy is playing with my children, but I don't like doing that a lot because I don't feel like that's productive. So it's trying to find the balance of everything to work in a way that I can manage and cope on a day-to-day basis. Oh, and totally. And I think like just thinking of societal expectations today as well, like if we're not doing something, we feel like we're falling behind or everything we're doing, we're looking for this tangible outcome. It's like, oh, to get Mm. here, I need to do this. And I think sometimes we just need to be kinder to ourselves and take a step back and 
go, hey, like if I actually spend time with my kids and I'm playing with them, not only am I like literally like lighting up their little lives at the yeah. same time, it's actually going to impact then how I'm showing up for the rest of the people in my life. And I'm starting to realize that everything is based on memories. You know, like I want my children to remember the times I'm playing with them on the floor, not mum vacuuming and she's in a bad mood. And like, to be honest, I spend a lot of my time cleaning because I think it's productive. But sitting back recently, I've been like, do I want to be that person? Because no one really gives a shit about how clean the house is. And I need to start focusing on creating these memories with my children. Not that I'm not, but you know, I think yeah. it's just a nice way for me to overcome this issue that I have with myself. Yeah. Like we're only our worst critic at the end of the day, like really. And that's why I think I became so obsessed with astrology because it gave me this really mm. deep understanding of me and it allowed me to kind of like, I suppose, accept who I was and stop like berating myself. Like I'm the ultimate perfectionist. I've like got a ton of Virgo in my chart, which is a perfection sign. But then I have all this fire. So I always had this really internal struggle between, oh, I want to have fun and like be really wild because I had a very wild like life up until what I do today. But then I was like, <laughs> hang on, I'm not perfect. Like I have to curate yeah. this version of me. And How can I be in control but wild at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And that's like what I was exploring most of my life. And so when I started to kind of unpack these layers of my natal chart, I was like, holy shit, there's something here to really understand who I am and imagine if I could give the same gift to others. And so like just knowing that about yourself, especially when it comes to vulnerability, Jade, it's like, okay, if I don't get a handle on this, it's going to literally overcome me. Like, yeah. And I, you don't want to do that because then it's like, you can't then show up for anyone, especially yourself. Yep. And I think you've noticed that in the past that you let yourself get to a point and then you're like, oh, now I'll prioritize myself. And whenever you have those times where you're just continuously prioritizing yourself, even in smaller doses. Oh, you're so much happier and but it can be so easy to kind of wait until you're like at that, you know. I that think point. I think everyone especially parents have to be reminded that, you know, it is such a busy busy world and especially because we have social media and we have the internet, you can always be busy and I almost have to force myself. I I bought myself a book that is really light that I can just sit and if the kids are swimming I now bring it out to the pool because I'm not going to sit on my phone. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to read a page. And if I'm not even reading the page, at least I'm there being present and doing something for myself. So I, it's almost now instead of, oh, you should do that because it'll make you feel better. It's, it's almost like a mandatory thing that I need to implement in my life to overall balance myself out. Well, it's like you have to force it before it becomes like habit totally. or instinctual for you. Yeah. yeah. And, and and it seems silly because, you know, if you think about it, oh, gosh, you are trying to make yourself relax. Silly. But the amount of people I have spoken to that cannot relax. Well, think- how many people, I mean, I'm so guilty of it, watching TV while on our phone. Like we can't even relax to the point no. that a TV show is engaging enough. Like we are so used to just stimulus all mm. the time that even even a TV show is not enough. We also have to be on our phone at the same time. Like it's... Yeah. So last night we played charades with my mum and dad, right? So good. And dad actually said everyone has to put their phones away for this and the girls are going to impersonate everyone in the family.
family and I can't tell that you. That could get harsh. <laughs> it was. It was so harsh. And then I impersonated my husband and he impersonated me and my mom and it was we were in tears of laughter. Now that memory will be remembered but if we were all sitting on our phones, yeah. it would have just gone under the rug. So it's it's things like that that, you know, just someone saying let's get off our phones and like do a board game or let's do this. It's, I don't know, it changes. It changes the way you think. Oh, yeah, 100%. And do you know what, looking at your chart, like what's actually where you're at as well in your astrological cycle speaks volumes to what you just highlighted because your progressed moon is like, this is kind of where you're at. This is like the energetic flavor. As in cancer, it's all about nurturing. Cancer is like the ultimate nurture of the zodiac. So it's like redefining how do you nurture the people in your life but also who do you how do you nurture you like that's Mm. really important it's been transiting the 10th house as well which is public image and career and just purely based on where it's at as well it's like you've probably found over the last year that career has definitely been like a highlight for you but you've also had to redefine what that Mm -hmm. looks like and (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah it's like it's it's like so this is the thing with astrology is that you can start to really go understand oh shit okay well this is the cycle that I'm in okay, I can kind of like work with this energy. And so you've kind of then been looking at as well, like with your transits, is that the fifth house has been activated, which is creativity and a child and romance. So it's like, oh, okay, I want to get a little bit more of this flavor into my life. But what will happen is probably moving into next year for you, you'll start to go, okay, well now all these things that I've learned, how do I integrate those into my day to day? Because you'll need to recalibrate your daily routines. Like, okay, if I'm still going to be like hustling in my career, what does this look like for my kids? Like, how do I, I suppose, integrate like self-care in this equation? And you'll completely, I suppose, recalibrate that moving forward. But it's just at the moment, it's like trial and error energy. It's like, throw shit at like spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks and just try as many things as you can because then the energy will come around where you can go oh I've got a formula for my life I'll start integrating yeah I love that wow that's spot on (laughs) (laughs) I'm nervous (laughs) and I'm not and this is the thing I'm not psychic I say this to everybody. I'm not psychic. Astrology is like a language. You get to understand how to read it. I'm intuitive. I think that's what I love about it. Yeah. And you get to decide what you take away from it because like, I think, I don't know, like you, you mentioned before that you hadn't seen a psychic before Sophie mm. and like, I've seen some psychics and, and you kind of walk away with all the, this information and you feel really inspired, but then you're like, well, holy shit, what do I do with this information? And then you wait for like the knight in shining armor to come your way. And that's not the case. Yeah. Whereas astrology is like, okay, let's work between this framework. And then you can but do you what you still have like. to do. Yeah. Mm. Totally. You don't just wait for like the baby to drop on your doorstep. <laughs> no. Like, and this is the thing, you get these activations that come around where as if you don't make the changes in the first one, you're going to have two more that come. And I think this is a beautiful thing, which I speak into with a lot of the women that I work with is that you're not behind. Like you're not like, I think we sometimes put so much pressure on ourselves that we need to be here with this amount happening in our life or making this income. And it's like, if you don't get it right the first time, you'll get another chance. Astrology allows you to do that. How long does like a cycle take? 
or it depends what's cycling? Yeah, depends what's cycling. My favorites are normally like in threes with some of the outer planets and they last about 18 months. Oh, shit. What if it's a shit 18 months? You're just stuck in it. Yeah. You just have to surrender, I guess. Totally. Like the first time you're normally like, I hate this, I'm resisting it. And then the second one, you're like, oh, okay, I'm leaning into this energy. I'm kind of rolling with it. And then by the third one, you've reconciled it, I would hope. And then you just move on to the next one. <laughs> and why does everyone always say Mercury and retrograde why is mercury oh, blamed for, for everything i love mercury i don't know why everyone blames mercury on anything it gets a bad rap the it gets love. A, especially in parenthood <laughs> it gets a bad rap and so does the oh. moon no children nowadays are ever teething it's always mercury's fault and the moon well mercury rules all forms of communication and so also that includes technology and so what happens is when a planet retrogrades it's creating illusion of going backwards so think of any, any anything going backwards it slows down And so it's a time to actually rest and reflect and recharge and recalibrate. And so what happens is I normally find communication depending on the sign it's retrograding in. So we just had um, Mercury retrograde in Libra a couple of months ago, or like last month. It only really finished up a few weeks ago. And so that was like a theme of communication could be challenged within relationships because Libra as a personal air planet represents relationships. So what happens is we kind of experience a little bit of upheaval because it's telling us to slow down, but like, People just blame Mercury retrograde for their behavior. (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) you've got to work on it. Like if you use the energy. I'm in like the shittiest mood and I'm like, Mercury must be in retrograde. Then I got my period the next day. I'm like, or maybe I was just (laughs) premenstrual. I was due. I probably should have, you know, Mercury in retrograde like one day a month for me. (laughs) So it's like if you want to work with the energy, like think of the themes that it represents and, you know, just try to make small tweaks and adjustments. I say that with the moon too, like you'll be a theme with it and just maybe for one day try and focus on that and show up with that. The theme for me and the moon is whenever everyone is acting crazy, I go out on the deck and peek out just to see if it's whole or if it's half and if it's full I'm like oh it's a fucking moon that's what it is and, and then if I'll it's message half you're like it's I'll message a friend moon. that yeah <laughs> I'll message a friend and I'll go oh it's either the moon or it's developmental <laughs> Like think of all the, cause the moon, like uh, the moon is a luminary. So it's so close to the earth and think about it. If the moon can affect the tides of the sea and, know. you know, especially when it comes to things like seasons as well. Like imagine what, isn't our bodies made up of like 80% water? Like if you think of like how Not it affects mine. the ocean, like think it's about gin. what it does to us. <laughs> Jen. It has the same effect on gin, I've yeah. heard. But yeah, you're onto a good thing. Sophie. Oh God. Okay. So you've got both good compatibility between each other too. So oh. yeah, which is really cool. So, cause Jade, you're a Libra sun, whereas you, Sophie, are a Libra moon. So when oh. you're looking for compatibility in relationships, if the sun and moon oppose, it means that you guys are able to meet halfway, which is really cool. Like you have solid understanding between you two. But Virgo, so Virgo is an archetype, is like a natural born healer and teacher. It means that you see things in black and white. So this speaks volumes to like why you might be a little bit like, hmm, am I skeptical about 
about this? Like, what am I going to get from this? And it's because you see things a certain way. And I'm saying this from one Virgo to another. (laughs) But what I love so much about your chart is you also have Mercury in Virgo. So you're an incredible communicator. You get to see things at a really, I suppose, in a really logical way. And that would be one of your superpowers. I definitely like it. Yeah, she's very logical. Yeah, which is, it's probably a really good balance between you because you can bounce off each other. You have different views. We do. You can meet halfway, which is awesome. And your, sorry, your son is in the second house. And so the second house represents safety and money and self-worth and manifestation. And so I would envision that you're always exploring like what your values mean to you or what you value or your self-worth or like what's important. Is it like what you think you should be doing versus what you actually want to be doing? And it's important that you, I suppose, really trust you because with this particular placement is that you'll probably be tested throughout life of what, okay, well, I want to redefine what my values are. And if you think to, or if you look towards what other people are doing is that that's not going to validate how you internally feel. So definitely like the biggest thing I always say with Virgo is like lessen the perfection and trust, like done is sometimes better than perfect. And that's okay. You have a Libra moon. And so moon being safety and security, as I mentioned before, is in Libra. So uh, you need your loved ones close by, but what's really important for you is home and family because your moon is in the fourth house. So I would envision like, is your home, like that's your safe haven. Yeah. It's not like tidy, but I love being at home. I love having people to my home. Like I love entertaining, but yeah, my home is my like safe place even though it's not necessarily clean and tidy, like it's very, I'm very like home proud, but I guess in maybe like not a very conventional way. Nice. But what you were speaking to before about trusting myself, it really, like I've had a major career change that gets like questioned a lot. And I obviously question it within myself because like, like I was a doctor before I had kids. I don't even know why this is making me emotional, but like in society, it's like so weird that I, like, not that I've given it up completely. Like, I don't know if I will go back to it, but I feel like, you know, like even my family is kind of like, what the hell? Like she's given up this to pursue such a like unstable, weird, new age, like unconventional career. And it's just like, I don't know. I was, I was somewhere the other day and someone said to me like, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? And I just kind of was like, oh, like it's it's a weird one, but like following my gut and not just like going with that because that's what you're meant to do, you know, like you're, you're meant to go to uni at 18 and you got into this course, so that's what you should do for the next 60 years. So I feel like what you said initially really spoke to that of just like following but what my I love heart. About- on that. What I love about you is that you are still helping people. So if you were a doctor, you were helping people and now you're doing something that's totally different and it's modern and it's on here and you are a homebody. So not only are you helping people, you are also at home able to be with your husband and be with your children. So it's yeah. like you've you've actually picked a perfect job that intertwines all of the things that you want. Yeah. It's just about reframing and redefining the like 
you, what you said was like total mic drop moment because that is the biggest piece to your puzzle. It's like actually like following what feels good to you, but redefining how you help people. And I think sometimes it's like we go down these traditional paths because we think that that's the right thing to do, but you can still use your voice and teach others and heal others. It's just going to be in a completely different capacity. Yeah. Can I ask like, we, so this has obviously happened. What was that happening around like 28 for you? A little bit before. So I finished up when I went on maternity leave with Poppy and I would have had her when I was 26 or 27. Well, you're 30 now. I'm 30 and And she'll be four in February. So I must have been 27. Don't don't make me do maths when I'm feeling panicky. (laughs) I'm feeling panicky. I think you were 28 when I met you. Okay. We'll say 27-ish. Yeah. And so that's like a really pivotal time in astrology. It's called your Saturn return. And so this is always great for the mums listening as well. Like if you, when you're watching your kids grow as these pivotal times where you'll get intense restructure in your life, which is every seven years. So seven, 14, 21, and then the big hit is 28. But for you, it's probably being like a complete redefining of values. It's about rediscovering mm. who you are. That's what 28 is all about. And if you're listening, your course correct and you'll go on the route you me to if you're not listening like me and I had a fucking intense rock bottom and I still didn't listen well I did but like only to a certain extent it just it gets you on path quicker and it helps make that next activation at 35 because you've got one coming up Mm -hmm. as well Jade too it just makes sure that it's not the more of a spiritual I suppose enlightenment moment rather than an intense rock bottom it's funny that you say that because I have this problem with my birthday and I absolutely hate it. It actually then spirals me into this depression every year and I don't know why and I don't know how to get out of it, but it's funny that you're saying that next year is the time where it's going to be some spiritual something because now that even scares the shit out of me because it's almost like I preempt something that's going to happen that nothing ever happens it's fine but then because I've put myself in that mindset for so long I've self-destructed I can tell you exactly where that comes from in your chart. So you have a Mercury, which is your thoughts, your memory, it's your intellect, it's how you synthesize information. You have Mercury and Scorpio. So you have intense thoughts, I would envision. Oh, they're so intense. I wish I didn't have (laughs) thoughts. That would be great. I'd be a much better person, I think. No, this is what makes you you. And it's like, it gives you this powerful presence because especially where it's placed in your chart too. But what creates and this could be something that could be a great tip for you to take away as well as you have Pluto the planet of transformation that rules Scorpio it conjuncts so it means it's hugging your Mercury so this can be this energy can speak into or the victor you have such powerful intense thoughts that it can either self-sabotage you or you can rise above it and it's just that's what it's placed in your natal chart so this is why like especially when I was like speaking into like the journaling practice for you or just taking some time that's going to also lead into you like getting more empowered with who you are and then getting a handle on that because you don't want to allow that self-sabotage to suck you in because Pluto tends to do that sometimes. And does that happen around my birthday? Well, no, I just think that's naturally a part of your natal chart. Yeah, yeah. But then what you probably will find, and this is the thing with some of our challenges with astrology, is there's probably a trigger 
because all of our programming happens between zero and seven. If we're lenient, it's between zero and 14. And it could have been something from childhood that's triggered this like birthday and what it means to you. And it's about exploring that and redefining what that looks like. But what you're going to experience at 35 is your next Saturn activation. And so that whole year is going to be a recalibration, building new structures. And I suppose also make making sure that you're on the path that you need to be, like that you're trusting in you essentially. But no pressure. No, absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I totally understand that. I just think that I know that I am my own, I can be my own worst enemy and I do self-sabotage yeah. and that is the scariest thing of all, but also you think it'd be the easiest thing because it's like yourself. It's like why do you have to be so hard on yourself or why do you have to have oh, these yes, thoughts? Oh, yeah, so easy, Jade, so easy. Oh, just gosh. stop that. It's, it's been a... A long 34 years. <laughs> but you're actually coming into this really amazing time. So I'm 38 now. And it's like, as soon as you hit 35, it, these are my three favorite years because 35 is a Saturn activation, which is all about restructuring. I always say like Saturn and astrology is like the big bad wolf. It comes around and it tests the foundation of your house. It's like, is it made out of straw or is it made out of bricks? Like, mm literally and so you have the Saturn year that gets you to course correct then you have a Jupiter return from 36 to 37 and Jupiter is the planet of expansion so you start to see what's possible again because you've kind of like gotten rid of all that shit you didn't need anyway <laughs> and then around 37 is your nodal return and it's like my favorite year is like that's when I really leant into like oh shit this is my purpose like I'm here to literally like as an astrologer to empower other people and so what it allows you to do is get right on purpose and then you just like as soon as 38 hit I was like oh like I literally do not even question myself anymore so you're like right where you need to be but it's like it's shit when you're in it oh, yeah, I've got wow. a lot of years ahead of me fuck being young <laughs> I thought it was good being the spring chook but now I'm like oh this sounds tiring <laughs> let me just get past the last satin return all right yeah I know well I always think too like just think and this is a good thing that you can do like in practice is just reflect on like what was your greatest learning at that last seven year activation whether it was 28 or 35 and and think about like how did I respond to the change I experienced in my life so I always ask myself that question first and then once I've explored that it's like okay what was the change I experienced and then how did I respond to that because it's going to check to see what your resilience is like and and are you building that up to this next activation that's on the horizon wow I'll give you one more um insight before we move on and the one thing that stuck out to me before Sophie is that you mentioned like you love being able to get everyone at your home and like look after them and it's because you're ascendant so that's like how it's like the customer service of you it's how you present to others <laughs> think of it like that whereas like Jade has no filter she's like total Libra energy as you have cancer energy and cancer is like the ultimate nurturer of the zodiac and so you just want to nurture all your people in your life and I love that it's such a beautiful for placement because that's something that you can like continue to do and it will always be a part of you when you are needing to seek fulfillment. Yeah, my like number one aim in life is to like always make people feel welcome. So that's nice. Yeah. All right, husbands, let's go. All right. So should I do Harry first? Yeah, sure. Okay. So Harry, I would envision, does he always have something happening in the home? Like there's always something going on. That guy is the busiest man <laughs> I've ever met. And he has a list in his phone that is never ending. And if you ask him to do anything, oh babe, it's on my list. 
Yeah. It's on my list. A bit ants in his pants, isn't he? Oh, that guy doesn't sit still. Does he finish things? That's the next question. Like, does he finish the projects or he just has heaps on the go? I am someone that pretty much never finishes anything. He's determined to finish everything. He, one day, I've never forgot this memory. We went to Thailand all as a family, like before we had children and my mum was there and his mum was there and we were all relaxing on the beach and he was playing darts. Now, we got up to say we're going to lunch and he said, oh, I can't leave until I get a bullseye. And I said, come on, babe, like get over it, just play tomorrow. And he said, no, I'm not leaving. He did not leave. I think it was 45 minutes and until. Three days later. Yeah, three days later <laughs> until slept. he got. But I do love that about him because he will always complete a task. Oh, so good. And so to give you insight into that is like if he had sat and placed anywhere else in his chart, he may not actually see things through because Aries can like juggle multiple things and then not finish anything because yeah. it's like they're just always excited to get onto the next thing but he has Saturn and Capricorn which is very hierarchical it's like oh I have to get shit done because Saturn rules Capricorn but it's in his first house so there's this like intense commitment to anything he says yep. it's like almost um, unavoidable which is exactly what you mentioned but then to like back it up he has like a leo moon so like i would envision is he like a big kid at heart oh yeah he he has peter yeah. pan tattooed on his foot because he <laughs> has peter pan syndrome he has peter pan syndrome he loves adventuring he yeah. is very spontaneous i mean he used to be before we had children but if he could pick up and go camping in an hour he would do it totally i think that's the beautiful thing about Harry is like he'll always have this like childlike essence to him and that's like something that is just like we need more of that today and so it's definitely very prominent in his chart but then he also has like quite a lot of Aquarius energy so he needs freedom he needs to mm. explore things and he Shame. probably does <laughs> Jade's like don't tell me that <laughs> yeah, I know oh. <laughs> but I also think too like he's probably like is he a little eccentric like he approaches things in a very different way than normal people yeah he absolutely is his brain ticks differently he's yeah. I feel like he the way to describe Harry is the first time we met we went out on a few dates and whenever I went out with a guy or a boyfriend they would always like just not even intentionally but they'd always look at a hot girl walking down the street whereas Harry would look right in at a bookstore at books like that he was like an old soul he is an old soul so as as much as he loves adventure he is really intelligent and really like an 80 year old at heart oh so good because he's got some he's got some strong Aquarius energy in his chart what's and Aquarius think, energy yeah so Aquarius is like blue sky thinking it's a little eccentric it's like I dance to the beat of my own drum um <laughs> I'm gonna do things in a really different way than anyone else but it's also represents technology and humanitarian work and so this is like where this old soul energy comes from especially with his placements because you might find like they say that Aquarius is like literally feels like it's living on a different planet now he doesn't have it in his sun moon and ascendant but he does have it in a couple of his key placements it's actually in his north node his mars and his venus so it's his love language how he takes action his lust for life and also what he's really here to work towards in this lifetime so he's probably bringing a lot of energy from past life into this lifetime mm. and like wanting to do things differently a hundred percent and what is his love language like what's his love i want to know 
Yeah. I, do, I know, I know, but I want you to tell me. Yeah. So I'd imagine he needs like lots of spontaneity and freedom in his relationship. He has Venus and Aquarius. And so that he, means. He gets love by being no any. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I'm going to receive love so by fucking off over here. <laughs> Probably just not like. Like this is an example with Aquarius and like love language placements or partnerships. It's like a little eccentric and I'm not talking like super kinky shit or anything, but some people it totally is, but it's more so like freedom to explore what I need in a relationship and there needs to be some spontaneity to it. And so for you, especially because like he's a big kid at heart and you're magnetic anyway, it'd be really important that you take time away from the kids to like reignite that flame. And so that you both feel like you've still got a relationship outside of being mum and dad. Yeah, absolutely. I also feel though that he's very, you know, hands-on and loves affection. I think he is more affection-driven than what I am, which is funny because you would think that I don't know. I mean, I love love. That's all I do. I watch movies. I read books. I'm obsessed with that. But he is the one that is more like, can I have a cuddle? Can I have a kiss? Yeah. This is like, and this is where his Leo moon really drives who he is is in the relationship. It's like, he doesn't afraid to, he's not afraid, sorry, to express his emotions. Mm. Moon, emotions, Leo represents self-expression. It's like, I need to tell you like, or feel like, let's merge together, baby. Whereas you have this Aries moon. It's like, oh, hang on, I'm thinking this, but do I want to actually say this out loud? Or like, how does this show up in the relationship? Am I down with this vulnerability or not? Yeah, I'm overthinking it for sure. Yeah. But he's like passionate and oh, like, yeah. but direct, direct in his passionate. emotions. Yeah. And I'm the opposite in my own head going, hang on, I need to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, it's, it's, it's the cerebral energy of Libra. It's like, I'm going to think it until I've thought, till I blew in the face, and then I'm still not sure with what that looks like. <laughs> All right, Nikki, let's get Sophie's neck on. Awesome. It says here you're going to be happily married for 50 years. <laughs> and then you're done. <laughs> so do Harry and Nick, are they friends? No. No. Ah, interesting. Okay. Because, like, so your Nick as well has a Leo moon. Okay, so remind us. So they both have Leo, Leo moon. So, he, like, it's interesting, though, because his energy has a complete polarity. He has a Capricorn stellium. So we haven't talked about stelliums, but it means, like, you've got more than three planets and a zodiac sign. So the energy literally is overarching. So he has six planets all in one house in Capricorn. Like, it's wild. His Capricorn energy is, like, I would envision with Nick, he is like, I need to get to the top of my to-do list. I have tunnel vision. I am like here to like conquer the world in some way. Sometimes no? depends. I don't know. He's very his tunnel vision in that he would never let anyone else's perception of how something should be affect what he wants to do or how he does something. And he's super motivated in the things that he's passionate about, but he's not really like a list guy. Yeah, cool. Like if he tries something new, he needs to know, like he's a hobbies man. So if he picks up a new hobby, it's like I'm going to learn everything about it. Like I'm going to get the best equipment and I'm going to watch all these YouTube videos about it and I'm going to be a pro at it. But if it's something that doesn't interest him, like it is impossible to get him on board. Perfect example of a Capricorn stellium. Like honestly, so how it can manifest, because it will manifest in different ways. It's like I'm going to master it until the nth degree and then I'm going to move on and then I'm going to be able to master something else. But I'm still the jack of all trades. Like I, I count on me. And it's because like Capricorn, 
what is ruled by Saturn. It's like structure. It's like, right, I'm, I'm here to really like understand this until there's no tomorrow. Um, but it, again, I think it, one thing that you highlighted there, which is really important, it's like what's important to him. Because yeah. if it's not, he's not even going to do it. No, 100%. <laughs> and do you find like when he is doing that, like he's fully fixed on something, can he see anything else beyond that or not? Like, yeah, he's a very like, he's still a very like thoughtful, sens- sensitive, empathetic guy. Like even though he has lots of hobbies and lots of things he has to do, he doesn't like neglect me or the kids or anything yep. like that. But he's one of those people that if he doesn't like scratch an itch, it kind of eats away at him. Like if he doesn't get like one chunk in the week that he can like really do that thing that he's thinking about, he like won't be able to concentrate on the other parts of his life. Yeah. So it's like an obsession, but in a good way. Yeah. Like mo- mostly a healthy obsession, but yeah. We're he, talking about hunting, aren't we? Well, no, like whatever it is at the time but like I joke that he's like the self-care queen like he is so hyper aware of what he needs and I think from the outside it could seem selfish but like as long as he gets what he needs he is so aware of what the other people around him needs but he yeah he just knows what he needs as well yeah so he's really confident in like yeah. what he needs and how he can provide for his family I'm guessing yeah yeah, yeah he's very it's- confident he doesn't oh. care what anyone else thinks. So good. And it can look, and it, it can show up in different ways. And by the sounds of things with Nick, it is in the sense of it's so tunnel vision. He can't see the forest through the trees because some people with Capricorn stallions, it can be like that. Like I've got a friend who is like literally fixated. It's different because it's in a different house, but like obsessed with making money. It's like, she'll go out of her way and she's in the personal development industry, but it's all about, I got to make money. I need to build safety and security in my life. Whereas for him, it's because it's in a completely different house and how it's showing up with these planets. It's more about, okay, I need to make sure that I am like confident in who I am, that I'm chasing what I desire. And I'm also going to provide for everybody that I love in my life too. Yeah. Because what's really interesting is here's this Leo moon, which actually speaks to this playfulness energy like Harry, but it's in a completely yeah, different very, way. Yeah. Yeah. Is he like that? Yeah. He's very, like, he's definitely the playful parent for sure. Oh, he's Leo moon. So he'd attract kids and animals to him. I would even envision without having to do anything. Yeah. I get really jealous because kids like swarm to him in social settings. And I'm like, but I want to like hug the kid. And the kid takes one look at my face and like starts crying and just wants to play with Nick. <laughs> this Leo moves, like Leo just as an archetype tends to do that. It has this like, it's a different quality to it. But his moon is in the sixth house, which means like daily routines, day jobs. It's like, he's still going to be a big kid at heart, but he wants to tackle things in a particular way. And so it kind of is like, it's like, I don't think it's chaos, but this is the only thing I can think of right now. It's almost like organized chaos it's like oh okay whatever I do I'm going to approach it in a way that works for me no he's chaos like he leaves he leaves a path of destruction like everywhere he goes like he's just one of those people that it's like if it's something that's important to him he does it so well but like at the same time he won't know where his keys are his phone will be out of battery and like his clothes for the last three days will be on the floor. Like it's so pick and choose based on like, and I don't want to be painting him in the bad picture. He's like an incredible human being, but like my parents constantly roll their eyes at him because he'll like forget someone really close to him's birthday or like won't lock the front door or like, 
you know, just all those kind of things. <laughs> yeah, and the reason why is he has Neptune. So Neptune rules Pisces. Neptune's about dreams and illusions and inspiration. It conjuncts the sun. So sometimes he might, and I, I don't know, like because he's not actually cerebral. He doesn't have any air in his natal chart because Capricorn is an earth sign, but it does mean it speaks to like being in his imagination or dreaming. It just means his thoughts are elsewhere. And so it's important that he does things with his hands because earth signs need that because it's kind of like grounding him to a certain extent. Oh, he likes to do things with his hands. I bet he does. I bet he does. Oh my goodness. This is Ske- so skeptic no more, I tell you that much. I know. We are no longer skeptics. You have absolutely blown our minds with things that we probably already know, but I think for me to understand myself and I don't know, have a little bit of insight on what's happening. And trusting yourself. Trusting myself. That is the biggest thing. And I love this about, you know, just sitting here in this session and listening to something that's not overwhelming, that is just touching on things that you can kind of relate to and understand has just been a a really inspiring conversation. So thank you. Thank you, because I feel like exploring someone's natal chart is a very sacred act. Mm. I um, treat it like that because I'm allowed, like you're allowing me to look at your soul. And so I feel very grateful that I was able to give you even just a little bit of insight today, whether it's trusting you or trusting your intuition. Now, if anyone wanted to chat to you and find out a bit more about themselves and their family and friends and future and everything else and beyond, (laughs) where can they go? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Christy Gray and that's my website. It's also my social handle on Instagram as well. And like, please like reach out to me and send me a DM because you might be feeling a little bit scared or you don't know where to start and just know that I've totally got you, boo, because like, that's what I do. I'm here to make this like a really inspiring and accessible process. Beautiful. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with us today. I absolutely loved this conversation. I mean, coming from someone who is very much a black and white thinker. Yeah, this has really opened my eyes to a way that astrology can really like help you understand yourself better. So thank you so much. Thank you. So good. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.